0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Support for this show comes from the National Wellness Institute, committed to providing the tools, trainings, and resources to propel your career in wellness. Become a member today at nationalwellness.org.
1: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Carrie Newcomer. She's a Grammy-winning songwriter, recording artist, performer, playwright, educator. And what Spirituality and Health Magazine tells us one of the top 10 spiritual leaders alive today. There's a profile of Carrie in the November December issue of Spirituality and Health magazine and I am just so pleased to talk to you today Carrie welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: Well thank you it's it's great to be on the
1: show. You and I have talked once before it was uh, geez almost 5 years ago I guess 2014 yes. when when your CD A Permeable Life came out and yes. I was hosting a different show and a different network but the focus in that conversation was your music. And while I don't want to ignore that part of your life, the reason you and I are talking is because of your work with Parker Palmer on The Growing Edge. So just, let, let's give us a sense of what that is and how that came about.
2: Well, The Growing Edge is this uh, a project that, uh, that Parker Palmer and myself um, kind of, I have to say, It really happened very organically. It wasn't something, now we're going to do a project called The Growing Edge. Um, It really evolved out of an ongoing conversation. Um, uh, We created a spoken word and music um, show uh, presentation called uh, What We Need Is Here, uh, Hope, Hard Times, and the Human Possibility. And out of that conversation, um, we just began to talk about You know, what does it mean to be living uh, into the growing edge that, you know, Parker was working on a new book. I was working um, on a new project myself uh, with our personal lives, um, how we always seem to be uh, riding toward the growing, growing edge and living toward the growing edge. Um, It's about process more than actually getting there. So. We decided to create this website that would be have many layers to it, many levels to it. There's a, a level where people can interact online. We have a question of the month having to do with aspects of the growing edge, and people uh, have been wonderful in terms of the comments and conversations that are happening there. We have our own podcast uh, that you know we um, you know discuss that question of the month, uh, and and these. Um, stage shows that we're doing and and also uh, a retreat based on the topic as well. So uh, it's really grown into this really wonderful, um, I don't know, conversation with between the two of us that have, has now kind of expanded out uh, to a, a wider community. And we're just we're having a wonderful time with it.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the conversation is now global. Through, through the website. Give me a, a, a little, I, I'm not exactly sure I understand the phrase, the growing edge. Is it like, uh, the, is it the unknown? Is it the unrealizable? You know, it's like the horizon, you never actually get there. Is, is that what, what the phrase is supposed to evoke?
2: Um, what well, was based on? Uh, it first grew out of a quote by Howard Thurman. Look well to the growing edge. It's a really beautiful short essay, um, and Parker and I were asked to do a collaborative uh, essay or piece blog for the On Being site, um, based on that idea. So we uh, we did, and this. This idea of the growing edge really has intrigued both of us. It it seems to be a process of the growing edge, you know, that that time period where you get those gentle nudges. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but you kind of know that something's going on. You get the nudges of the spirit. Um, Some of us get a big whap from the spirit. (laughs) Um, um, But you you begin to move toward this next point of ch- departure next change in your life the next transformation um, you reach the point where now you're at the point of no return you can't really go back but the forward what look what it looks like going forward is really unknown you're kind of learning to sit with the unknowing of mm what it's exactly going to look like next. And then there is that growing edge where you get to this place where um, it's time to step forward um, and and step into that new um, experience that, you know, for some people it has to do with vocation. For some people it has to do with their spiritual um life and their spiritual practice some people it has to do with their activism in the world but it's time now to to step forward and it can be a really exciting and also a a really scary time um because because you are stepping out from the groin you don't know exactly what it's going to look like but you know that it's going to be different
1: It's not, or I'm (laughs) going to state this, but it's really meant to be a question. I get the sense that it's not a willed thing. You're not saying, okay, this is where I go next and I'm going to go. It's, you're sort of carried along. I mean, you use the word nudge, but do you get the sense you're being carried along by something larger and you you almost have no choice but to to work that edge where, where the unknowing is?
2: well it's and it's interesting because I it's more almost a call and more maybe more than a nudge but a, but for often it's a call I, I think of my life in the arts uh, in music as being a call I don't know how many times um, you know I kind of sat down and thought there, there must be an easy way <laughs> to go about my life um, but it but it was always calling me and it always called me back. This this art form of writing songs and presenting songs and, and sharing songs in the world, uh, songs that have a particular kind of spirit to them, um, just kept calling me. And so I just continued to follow it, but it has asked me to go to the growing edge many times uh, as, as, you know, my my career has unfolded, as my vocation has, um, you know, if you're talking vocationally personally, it's the same sort of thing. Um, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're, you're talking about your music and I'm going to ask you actually to sing one of your songs. I, mean, I like a lot of them, but I love this one in particular. Uh, this is on your album. uh Beautiful Not Yet, or The Beautiful Not Yet. And that's the name of the song I'm going to ask you to play. The reason I'm asking you to sing this is also because on your website with Parker Palmer, when you they have a little bio of you, it says, after it tells us that you're a singer, songwriter, etc., it says that you are learning how to live in the beautiful not yet with passion and purpose. So if you would play that song for us and then talk to us about passion and purpose.
0: Sure.
3: Spring is humming, it's a something, melody the same. glove looping queen and slaves will be coming any day the restlessness the quickening the almost but not yet muddy boots last year's leaves every spring that came before all they were and something more the restlessness the quickening the almost but not yet Da, 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 da. Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? It? Take a breath. Oh, the restlessness. Beautiful, not yet. There's a stirring, there's a sweetness. At the edge of in-between I feel it nearly trembling The restlessness, the quickening The almost but not yet.
1: Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much for doing that.
2: Oh, sure. Thank you for asking. Um, Yeah, the beautiful knot yet. The beautiful knot has a relationship to the growing edge in terms of being in process. Um, I think folks who, you know, are thinking about spiritual practice and spiritual life, you know, there's a there's a thought of trying to get there. There's a there's some place we're trying to get to. Um, And I can just I can be as impatient as anyone like, wow, why am I not enlightened already? you know like like maybe last Tuesday that would be good. but um, but really uh, there is no there there. It's always in process. We're always in the beautiful not yet. And this idea of hope being the beautiful not yet, I think right now it's really important uh, thinking about the concept of hope um, as being a process. Uh, Parker has this wonderful definition of uh, hope that I really love it. he He calls it, he says, hope is holding in creative tension everything that is with with everything that could and should be. and each day taking some action to narrow the dis- distance between the two. All that is all that could and should be, and action every day to narrow the difference between the two. And that's the beautiful not yet. That's being in process. It's, it's about a kind of hope that is fateful and the kind of hope that uh, is a little gritty sometimes. Um, and when you don't, you know, it's not always a feeling, but it's always an action, you know, getting up in the morning and trying again in your own way to make the world just a little kinder place. And then the next morning, doing it again. You know, on the mm. next and next morning you've been really disappointed and you do it again it's about the kind of hope that is faithful here in the beautiful not yet half of the tree is under the ground um, you know just because you can't see it yet doesn't mean it isn't happening so you know that's my concept of the beautiful not yet and this idea of living in passion and purpose um, you know it, it relates to that idea of you know, being in process of living in the beautiful not yet, living faithfully into the beautiful not yet, you know, it's it's pretty certain that, you know, not one of us is going to, you know, end our lives saying, well, peace, love, and justice, you know, it's all taken care of now. You know, we can, you know, that it's all said and done, and uh, there's no more work to be done Um will all always be living in the beautiful, not yet always living into the growing edge. so so um so yeah, that's that idea of passion and purpose um, you know,
1: in- right yeah no, no, I think you stated that really really beautifully there's a I'm not going to be able to quote this right, but there's a saying from uh, the rabbinic literature that while you are not expected to complete the task neither are you free from attempting it from from working on it yes. and and that's that I think is is also in line with with what you're saying so i understand passion and, and purpose and i think you know i have a sense of of the growing age and, and the beautiful not yet in the website in in the uh, newcomerpalmer.com website you mentioned it a moment ago, this this whole notion of a question of the month. And this month's question has to do with fear. Mm-hmm. And you also write about it. So it's not just asking people to say things. You, you and Parker both jump in. And in one of the comments that you left on the website, you share a mantra. Now, I'm going to I'm not going to put you on the spot and have you remember it necessarily, but I'll read it to you. But you share what I'm calling, uh, I think you called it actually, a mantra that you recite to yourself when, and I'm quoting from you, feeling fear about a next step step toward my growing edge or beyond. And this is what your mantra was. Carrie, everything has brought you here and you have everything you need to do the next hard thing.
0: grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: So who's saying that to you, do you think?
0: Um,
2: I think, you know, that phrase, that mantra, you know, comes from different, uh, different sources. You know, uh, um, you're right where you need to be. Actually, for my dear friend um, uh, Suzanne, who is a weaver, and she, we, we've been dear friends forever, and that's one of her comments. You're right where you need to be, and I just, it's such a wise way of looking at process. Um, uh, I think. I think also some of it's coming out of my own heart and my own, um, as Quakers would say, my own inner teacher, my own inner light. Um, you know, everything has brought you here. Everything belongs. And, um, not everything was easy or even right, but it, it all brought you here. And, um, and here in the now I have everything I need to work to, to, to do the next hard thing in my life. I have support from it. I have, um, support from. You know, dear and close people in my lives. I have, you know, support from a wider spiritual community. I have support um, in terms of my my spiritual practice, um, with, um, you know, through meditation, through prayer, uh, and through that direct contact. I feel uh, with something larger and wider than myself. So, so yeah, it's. Kind of that, I think that phrase comes from. A variety of sources from wise people around me, from my my own inner light, my own inner teacher, and from that greater light that keeps on shining on me and saying, grow,
1: grow, it's all right. Yeah, there's there's a not to keep quoting the Talmud on you, but there's a, a saying in the Talmud where the, uh, the saying says that every living thing has its own angel, and the angel hovers over it and whispers, "Grow, grow." <laughs> so, so you're on the same page with that. So, I, I without without getting into the weeds, you mentioned your spiritual practice. Do you follow a specific Tradition or how do you um, what do you do that you call your spiritual practice?
2: Well, um, uh, I've I've been sitting with the unprogrammed silent Quakers for many, many years, and I would call that a spiritual home for me. Um, you know, the silence has always called me, you know, nothing has called me as deeply as the silence. And so um, which is an interesting uh, thing for a person who makes their life in sound to say that I, you know, I, I, I I'm so um, moved and uh, my spiritual practice has a lot to do with meditation and silence. Um, but it's in the silence where my, I find the best language. Um, so, so that's part of my spiritual practice. Um, I would say, songwriting, um, being a passionate songwriter has been probably my most consistent, um, spiritual practice. Uh, you know, because to be a, a songwriter, uh, to be a songwriter that writes about the kinds of things I do that has this kind of spirit in my work, you know, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention closely. You have to be really present in your life. You know, you, you can't write about something that you didn't experience because you were too busy thinking about the next thing or the the last thing or what he said or she did. I mean, you have to be really present in the now to be able to write about it. Um, there's, you know, a sense of uh, elegance in songwriting that it's a very short form. You know, you don't have a lot of time or language in a in a song, so everything has to be elegant. Simplicity, you know, that there's a clarity and simplicity to it that uh, simple is not easy. It's it's elegant. And so that dedication to that, um, that dedication to continuing to grow because Parker and I have both talked about this a lot that our every, you know, every album for me, every book for him, we aren't writing about what we know. We're writing about what we're learning, we're writing about our next growing edge consistently. And so, you know, the practice of songwriting and creating music like this um, is always asking me to open my heart just a little bit further to be, um, yeah, to, to, you know, to do practice uh, presence consistently and, and, I have to say, there's something in the process of creating an art form, and I've talked to other musicians and artists and writers. There, there is that moment, and you know, people call it the different things, like you know, like the zone or whatever. But when I feel like I'm really um, embodying writing and the music that I'm creating, uh, it's like um, it's like I'm not alone. I'm participating, um, but I'm not alone in that process. It's about the closest to communion I think I'll ever get in this life. Mm-hmm. So, so writing songs and creating music and and giving music has been my most consistent spiritual practice and has asked me to go to my growing edge, probably more than anything else.
1: Um, and if- and I, if I can just jump in for a second, it seems to me that that silence is at the heart of that, because you can't, you know, if you're going to be present, you have to be silent. And if you're going to make sound, if if, if there's no silence, all you have is noise. So, yeah, so it's there's just a happening. Yeah. Yeah. So the deeper the silence, I think the more profound the the lyric the more profound the music becomes is there and, and i know we're getting close to to the time we have to stop but is there a sense because the the question this month or on your website is fear so i want to just go back to that in your in your experience in your process is there as you're making the transition from the silence to sound from uh the blank page in a sense uh, to a lyric Is there a charged fear there that is not debilitating, but in fact, animating?
2: Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Um, You know, there there is this kind of um, excitement. I said, when you when you come up to that edge, okay, okay, I'm stepping over. I'm stepping out I'm, I'm for some people I'm speaking up for the first time I'm I'm living into a, another uh, an, another vocation I'm um, you know I'm exploring deeper into my into my spiritual practice in a new way you know that moment of stepping out there is this little bit of whoa <laughs> What's going to happen? And an excitement. Whoa, what's going to happen at the same time? Um, you know, I I'm a really uh, artistically and as a person, I think I'm a restless. Uh, I'm definitely a restless person uh, creatively that I'm, you know, I've made a lot of albums now, but I, I never want to make the same one twice. Why would I want to do that? You know, I, if I'm not pushing an edge in some way, then you know, I'm. It's it just not. It doesn't work for me. But with that pushing of the edge, um, yeah, there's that combination of whoa, what's gonna happen, and yes, whoa, what's gonna happen, all at the same time. And I love it. I actually, I, I it's it's so life giving to me. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a pretty creatively restless person.
1: Well, I think that is a perfect place to, uh, for us to bring the conversation to a close. Our guest today was Carrie Newcomer, a Grammy-winning songwriter, recording artist, performer, playwright, educator, and co-founder with Parker Palmer of The Growing Edge. Carrie's been named one of Spirituality and Health Magazine's Top 10 Spiritual Leaders Alive today. And a profile of her appears in the November-December issue of Spirituality and Health Magazine. For more information on her work, please visit her websites, CarrieNewcomer.com and NewcomerPalmer.com. Carrie, thanks so much for being on Essential uh, Conversations.
2: Well, thank you. It's been great to to have this
1: conversation today. Well, I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Support for this show comes from the National Wellness Institute, committed to providing the tools, training, and resources to propel your career in wellness. Become a member today at nationalwellness.org. Before we sign off, let me remind you that this year is the 20th anniversary of Spirituality and Health magazine. As part of our celebration, I'm leading an interspiritual tour of the Holy Land. This is part tour, part pilgrimage, as we engage in contemplative practices linked to the various sites we will visit, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, and Baha'i. For more information, please visit us at spiritualityhealth.com backslash holy land with hyphen Rami. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and to download the iTunes app for this podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker, and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening.